Good morning. This is Dr. Shonda Garner-Brooks with the Family Strong Foundation. Thank you for joining us for our Wellness Wednesday conference call hosted by the Family Strong Foundation. Family Strong Foundation is a nonprofit organization that has been working in St. Landry Parish since 2012 to empower our families in order to improve our communities. Right now you are all on mute. There are almost 40 callers on the line, and I expect us to climb up to about 70. So we are all on mute right now. So if you need to unmute yourself, you dial star six. Please grab a paper and pencil. We ask that you save any questions till after our speaker presents. That way they can convey all the information that they need, but you can also get your questions answered. These calls are sponsored by St. Landry Evangelion United Way. The funding will take us all the way through 2020 into 2021. They are also sponsored by United Healthcare Community Plan. After this call, by Friday, you will receive a link for a survey asking about the quality of the call, did we meet your needs, do you have any needs that we need to cover in upcoming sessions. You will also send the, we will also send you a link to the recording on this call. And all of our calls are housed online so that you can listen to them at your leisure and you can share them with others so they can listen. This call is open to anyone who would like to participate. So if any time you're out there sharing about the call and you find them beneficial, which I'm assuming that you guys find beneficial because we're in month five of the call and we are still holding well over 50 callers per call, please share the phone number with anyone you think would be interested in calling. I did put vouchers in the mail on the 15th. They should be arriving to you by Friday. You have to remember that because of what's going on with our United States Postal Service, mail service time has been greatly diminished when it comes to delivery time. I have other housekeeping issues, but just like we've done in the past, starting to do, I will save the other housekeeping issues till after our presenter because a lot of folks have had to go back to work. And today's presenter is, I don't think she's ever off the clock, to be honest with you. She wears so many hats that I hated to ask her to come, but she sits on at the intersection of so much important information that I, I had to bother her to come. So today we have the lovely, the fantastic, the gorgeous Miss Tracy Ante. She is a native of Natchitoches, Louisiana, and a proud resident of Opelousas. Growing up in a home of cultural nonprofit executive director and a Louisiana folk life storyteller, she has a unique foundation of service, pride in community, and preservation. Tracy has worked for over 25 years in the preservation and promotion of the Creole culture, presenting in classrooms, university lecture halls, and traveling throughout the country to be a featured speaker at cultural, genealogical, and historical preservation conferences. Her work extends 
through the Creole Heritage Center at Northwestern State University, the Cane River National Heritage Area, and serving on the board of the Association for the Preservation of Historic Natchitoches and St. Augustine Historical Society. After many years in cultural nonprofit work, she transitioned into work with nonprofits that serve the homeless community, mentally ill adults, cancer patients, and teens, notably creating a homeless outreach program with no budget and growing it, growing it into a multi-partner, multi-city program, serving almost 200 individuals in one day each month in Alexandria. Tracy continues her work as the foundation director for the Opelousas General Health System, working to build healthy communities as the leader of the Healthy Community, Healthy St. Landry Alliance. Healthy St. Landry started in April of 2018 and has grown rapidly, achieving a web-based St. Landry Parish resource directory at no cost. She's also worked to develop a diaper bank, a community health needs assessment, and has partnered with many agencies and organizations. You will be receiving, some of you will be receiving the St. Landry Parish Resource Directory in the mail from the Family Strong. After moving to Opelousas in 2014, Tracy became involved in local community organizations. She is currently past president of the Sunrise Rotary of Opelousas, the St. Landry Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors, president of the Democratic Women of St. Landry, chair of the Healthy St. Landry Alliance, member of the St. Landry Evangelist Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, and alumni of the 2019 Emerge Louisiana Class and DSCC uh, Democratic chair, I can't remember exactly what that stands for, member for District 40. And I'm pleased to say my personal friend. I'd like to thank and welcome Ms. Tracy Ante. Tracy, you are muted. You have to dial star six to unmute yourself. Thank you, Dr. Brooks. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, we can. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, for that very warm welcome, and thank you for singing to me on a weekly basis. It's fantastic. Um, uh, thank you guys so much for participating on this call. Dr. Brooks has updated um, our call that I have weekly um, that goes out to over 200 people about the great speakers that she's had on here, the engagement from you guys that are on the call, and the results and outcomes that have come from that. So we are really excited. Um, this is significant that she has this level of engagement on a call on a weekly basis that's given you guys some really good information, not just about COVID, but about things that are happening um, around Opelousas, the parish, and statewide. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about what we are doing right now, um, the foundation, as far as COVID-19 is concerned. So right when this happened, um, our president and CEO, Dr. Ken Cochran, asked me to serve as a liaison between the community and the hospital for all things COVID, basically getting information and data out, but also working with the community to try to help um, problem solve where it was needed. So 
So one of the first things we did um, that Friday when all the kids got out of school, um, by Friday evening we were on the phone, a small group of us that met um, the very next morning, um, just a small group of people that we mobilized, and we were actually the first parish in the state to provide lunches for our children on that Monday, um, the, the first school day after they were let out of school. So that was very significant for St. Andrew Parish to be able to accomplish that goal and to continue to provide those services in one form or another since then. So after that, um, what was really prevalent to me was that the information that was being put out and the information that was needed was not very clear. Um, there was a lot of misconception. There was a lot of misinformation being shared. Um, and people also needed to know where we were at as far as our positivity of cases, um, how many outpatients we had, um, and steps that the CDC was recommending, as well as um, reports from the governor. So I put together a call. Um, Around March 17th, I think, was our first day. We met on this call daily um, for several months before we moved to having it three times a week, then twice a week, and now we're down to once a week. Um, but what we did was really target our leaders, um, all our municipality mayors, law enforcement in those different municipalities, um, parish-wide agencies, nonprofits such as Family Strong, a lot of different people so that I could get problem solvers on the call so that when questions came up that there would be somebody that would be able to provide an answer. Um, we were the only parish in the state that pulled something together like this. Uh, so we got some regional attention and we helped um, about four other parishes set up a similar call um, in, in Calcasieu and Bogalusa and uh, the Monroe Ruston area and then also in Vermilion. So they could do the same thing that we were doing and putting out some information. Um, then this call got some national attention um, through some different folks that were talking about the information that they were getting and how they were getting it. So we were actually featured um, as a case study and best practice for, in, for the National Hospital Association. So that was um, a huge honor and we're really excited. Um, it's, it's rare that we as Louisianians or um, those that live in St. Landry Parish that we get kudos and that we're the first to do something positive. So the fact that we were able to do that um, in multiple ways was really a, a huge win for us. So, but none of that would have been possible without the support and the participation of the people that were calling in that were providing information. Um, the whole goal is that we gather all this data, we have this conversation, and then we put it out to the community as much as possible. So through um, Dr. Brooks, through her calls, her being able to share information and share information with a lot of the people that are in her programs, um, through the parish, through uh, other nonprofits that had different clients, or um, and also business owners sharing information with their employees so that we could all get on the same page parish-wide. Um, traditionally, one of the issues that this parish has faced is the fact that we are so large geographically. And what happens in Eunice to what happens in Crop Springs to Melville to Sunset and all points in between, it's really hard to get the same message out um, in the same way. And we were able to accomplish that with this call. So I just wanted to kind of give you some background about how the foundation ended up um, 
working on COVID-related things. So what you probably know the Opelousas General Foundation most for is our program. So we do Paint the Town Pink, um, which is getting ramped up right now. Uh, we're taking pre-orders for T-shirts. We dropped the pre-order number to 10 because we want to try to get as many people to come through our drive-through. We're not going to be selling shirts inside the hospital this year. It's going to be in a drive-through fashion where you won't even have to get out of your vehicle, which I think people will appreciate. Um, the other thing that the foundation does is our golf open, and that is to support students for scholarships. Um, we also do the Hall of Fame gala. Um, and then our employee giving program, SPICE, in addition to a lot of the grants that we write. And as um, Dr. Brooks um, relayed to you guys, one of the things that I started when I moved into this role was Healthy St. Landry. So Healthy St. Landry is really the connection to how we got involved in being playing this role during COVID. Because Healthy St. Landry is comprised of partners from all over our region, from all over Region 4, um, it was basically like I had my own army, my boots on the ground, that I was able to activate in a crisis just like the National Guard activates its members to be on this call and to get information out. So we activated Healthy St. Landry to be active um, and to work do it during this process, and that's how we really got pulled into um, being that kind of middleman um, for information. So I just want to share with you guys a few things, um, just information that you may not be aware of, but things that are good to look at um, every couple of days or so if you get a chance. So if you have access to a computer and, and the Internet, you can go to ldh.la.gov slash coronavirus, and it will bring up a page that has a map of Louisiana, at the bottom of that map there's some arrows where you can go right and left, and it shows you all these different types of maps that show percent positivity, number of cases a day, um, hospitalizations, all of these different things. And at the top of it, it will give you the statewide numbers, the number of cases reported, how many deaths, um, the tests reported, how many patients are in hospitals, how many are on ventilators, and this is statewide. Through these smaller maps below that, you can go and look, uh, drill down to St. Landry Parish data. So I just wanted to share a couple of things with you guys just so that you can kind of understand why we're still in Phase 2. So as you know, our Phase 2 was extended again until August 28th. So we anticipate the governor to make a decision about where we go from there early part of next week. Um, and what they're looking for to move into phase three is a 10% or less positivity. So what that means is that 10% or less of all testing is negative. So we, I'm sorry, 10% or less of all positivity of tests is um is positive. We don't want it to be higher than 10%. So if there are 100 tests that are taken, if 10% of those or less are positive, then that would kind of give us the green light to ease into phase three. We are not there yet. We are not there yet as a state, and we're also not there yet as a parish, but our numbers are dropping. So, for example, from July 23rd to July 29th, 19.70% of all tests were positive. From July 30th to August 5th, only 14% of all tests were positive. So we're moving in the right direction, and we continue to move in the right direction, but 
according to federal guidelines, you have to have that 10% or less positivity before we can move into phase three. The reason why we're seeing that drop is because social distancing and wearing a mask is really making a significant difference. Um, I know that it is not the most comfortable thing in the world. It seems um, not normal to wear a mask when you're speaking to anyone. Um, it's hot. I understand all of those things, but also know that because so many people are wearing a mask because the governor did do a statewide mask mandate and the fact that people are social distancing has made this significant increase happen. What happens, though, is that when we have any kind of event, um, a holiday, um, back to school, I know a lot of students just moved into their dorms um, that are college students, any type of event where you have this big shift in people or um, uh, potentiality of having some t sort of gathering or group of people that have not already been together, like in the same household, that increases the, um, the potential that there will be more positives that pop out of that. So that's why it's really important that we continue to kind of stay at home, not have large gatherings, um, you know, I'm, I don't want to say not frequent businesses. We need to do that because we need to continue to boost our economy. But at the same time, um, really sticking still to that, you know, going to the store one day a week just by yourself, not with the whole family, and using one buggy to limit the amount, the number of people that are in one place at the same time. So that's kind of, that's what we're working towards. So if you're wondering why are we still in phase two, we're still in phase two because we have not reached that 10% or less of positive tests. So I wanted to just point that out to you guys. And you can go and look on this map and get this information for yourself um, anytime that you would like. So as of yesterday, um, just to give you some other data, um, St. Landry Parish um, has a total of 2,925 cases since the beginning of COVID. Um, we have done 34,794 commercial tests and 748 state tests. And so out of all of those tests, there's been a total of 2,925 positive people. Um, and right now our deaths are at 98, um, and that has been since mid-March. So that is where we are at um, parish-wide for our case, uh, case numbers. And I'll also give you um, currently what we have for our outpatients. Um, but what we really want to do is really focus on what steps can you guys take to continue to decrease um, the spread of this virus. And those things are constant and vigilant hand washing for 20 seconds, um, basically before and after you do everything is how I explained it. I, I have a college student that just moved into the dorm. Um, I made them a COVID station where they have a box with their mask, with hand sanitizer, with some gloves, their Lysol wipes, and their Lysol. Um, but a lot of times the best thing is just to constantly wash your hands, um, try to avoid putting your hands in your face, 
And this goes for any time. This is not just for COVID. This is something that's been um, taught for many years, especially during flu season, not to touch your eyes, not to touch your nose or your mouth because of the potentiality to transfer germs from whatever you touch to your hands, to your face. It's the same thing with coronavirus. That's why we want people to wash their hands so that their hands, you're washing those germs away. Um, making sure that you're wearing your mask. If you're not in your car and you are, you are not in your house, your house, you should have a mask on, especially if you're around other people and especially if you're around people that are not, um, that, are, that are high risk. Um, those things are making a big difference. Um, in addition to that, you don't want to be the person that is asymptomatic, meaning that you test positive but you don't exhibit any symptoms at all, that's a carrier to different people because a family member had a party or there was a gathering somewhere that you attended or you went to go visit somebody when we really need to limit those types of things right now. Um, but those are, in, in addition to that, social distancing as much as possible. And especially if you're not in a situation where you can be six feet away from other people, you absolutely need to make sure that you're wearing your mask at that time. But that also that you're wearing your mask correctly, that you're covering your nose and you're covering your mouth and that you're not wearing your mask under your chin, that's not doing anything, that your nose isn't sticking out, that's not helping either because you still can breathe in um, any of the airborne uh, germs that are in the air, you need to cover your nose and your mouth with your mask at all times. Um, so I wanted to also just touch on a couple of other things as far as data. Um, if you watch any of the governor's press conferences, they talk about some of these things, but I want to talk about some of these things as it relates to us, to our parish. Um, so when we talk about our number of deaths in Louisiana right now, we are at, um, as of yesterday at noon, 4,431 deaths. So of those deaths, 57%, so more than half of them, had an underlying condition of hypertension. That's a significant number, and that says a lot about the work that we need to do to try to reduce um, those people that have hypertension. Because if more than half of our deaths, if that underlying condition is hypertension, then we need to start working on what are the steps that we can take that if I am hypertensive and I do have to take medication on a daily basis, what are the things that I need to do to maybe decrease that or to get to the point to where I no longer have hypertension um, by losing weight, by exercising on a daily basis, drinking more water, um, really watching the types of foods that we're eating. So that goes directly into the second highest, which is 34.8%, which is diabetes. There's a high rate of diabetes in St. Landry Parish and diabetes that result in amputations. Again, that goes towards diet change and exercise, um, which is followed by 20% um, of the deaths have been, underlying conditions have been cardiac disease. So hypertension relates to cardiac disease. Um, hypertension can impact diabetes. The other things that are um, high on the list are chronic kidney disease, congestive heart failure, and obesity. So you can see how a lot of those things all play off of one another. So if you are obese and you have diabetes and that's mixed in with cardiac disease, then that's a high-risk person. And those are the people that, 
if you are not high risk, that we need to make a through-the-door visit, wave it through the window, and make sure that we're keeping them as safe as possible. Um, but I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I'm saying this to make sure that you guys are informed um, that those are the underlying conditions um, of those that have passed away due to COVID. So what can we do? Healthy St. Landry is watching all this information very closely. Um, our goal is to create a healthy St. Landry for all, and we um, pinpoint certain things that we want to address on an annual basis. We have three goals that we pick a year. One of our major things, as Dr. Brooks mentioned, is our um, resource directory. So that resource directory is there for you guys when you need support, you have questions, um, everything from housing to employment to legal help to food insecurity, maternal health, there's everything is in there um, that you will have the resources that you need to get the supports that you need. And in looking at what these underlying conditions are, what we're going to really be focusing on is how can we get people active and how can we educate people on the types of foods that they should be eating so that we can decrease what these numbers are. Um, our high levels of hypertension, obesity, diabetes, and um, chronic kidney disease have been high for almost 10 years statewide. So this isn't a new issue. It's just an issue that is now presenting itself in a different way and has garnered a lot more attention than what it initially had. Um, so I wanted to share that information with you guys so that you kind of will be able to understand why you may see new programs coming out and why there's more attention being paid towards living a healthier lifestyle because this data is devastating data because some of these deaths could have potentially be um, prevented if people were um, would be better educated about uh, what they can do to get themselves healthier and why that's so important. And just Louisiana as a whole has not done a, um, a fantastic job. There's a lot of us that have worked in this field for 10-plus years that have tried to get across to our leaders how important it is that we have good, strong programs that promote um, healthy eating, that promote exercise, um, good physical activity, and better eating habits um, to stop smoking, all of those things. So we're working on it. And there's a lot of resources and programs out there that are working towards that. And what we're hoping is that the state will really focus on those programs and better fund them so that we can do even more work. So I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of the data um, as far as COVID is concerned. Um, so locally, Give me just a second to pull this up. Um, we have had anywhere um, in the past four to five weeks anywhere from 12 to 18 positive inpatients at the hospital. Um, right now we have uh, 19 positive inpatients. We have six pending. Um, right now we have 544 positive outpatients and 91 pending. Uh, we have treated a total of 226 people inpatient. Um, and for Acadiana, 
cases, we as of yesterday, there are 20,770, and that's for all of Region 4. Um, that's an increase of 427 cases. For Louisiana yesterday, um, there's 139,125 positive cases, which is an increase of 3,686 from last Thursday. But what we've seen trending this week and towards the end of last week is the number of positive cases has, has slowly started to come down per day. So three weeks ago, we were having 2,000-plus new cases a day. Yesterday, we had a little over 600 new cases. So, we're mo again, we're moving in the right direction, but if we are able to get to the point that we move into Phase 3, we still have to continue to wear our masks, to be vigilant, to do the constant hand washing, or we're going to be right back in Phase 2 again. So I wanted to... Um, also, just talk to you guys a little bit about um, about Healthy St. Landry and what we do. So when we started this, we wanted it to be a collaborative effort of um, different partners throughout the region that were focused on serving St. Landry Parish. Um, I think we sometimes kind of get left out, um, the parish does, and I wanted to make sure that we had a group of people that were focusing on the health of the parish. And by health, I don't mean just if you're sick or well. We mean your mental health, your holistic health, your spiritual health, your all things that have to do with the health of your body, of your environment. And that was how this really got started. And one of the things that we needed to do first was figure out what resources are available in the parish. They can have a million resources in Lafayette, but if you don't have a way to get there, then that's not really going to help you. So we wanted to make sure that people knew what was available here because a lot of times you don't realize what you need until you need it. So this uh, resource directory is going to now be available in print, and Dr. Brooks is going to send some of those out. But it also is available on the hospital's website. So if you go to opelousasgeneral.com under Healthy St. Landry, you can also access that resource directory at any time. Um, so we wanted to do that to not only see what resources we had, but to see what resources we didn't so that we could work together to try to make sure that we had somebody that could offer whatever that may be. One of the things we did was get in touch with um, a lot of the dentists that take Medicaid and see who was still actively taking Medicaid patients um, for dental work. A lot of times that's really hard to find out. So those were some of the, that was some of the work that came from this. One of the other things was the diaper bank. So the diaper bank um, started because we could not identify um, a partner or anybody that uh, continuously had diapers that they were able to give. So we started a diaper bank. We do not give out the diapers um, independently. We have diaper bank partners that have programming around that. So those partners is um, Opelousas General's Case Management Department, a Community Birth Companion run by Devon Bailey Nicholas, Nurse Family Partnership, um, the Louisiana Department of Health Care Connect that's located at Southwest Primary, um, Southwest Primary Health Care Center um, um, under uh, Dr. Ben, All Kids Pediatrics, um, the new Opelousas Pregnancy Center that we'll be having their grand opening next week, um, and then Evangeline Community Action. So those are the places right now that are our partners. 
um, and that have programs that offer the free diapers that we collect. Um, we're also going to be doing a conference on rural community health on September 10th. It's going to be all virtual. You can register uh, for that conference through opelousasgeneral.com under foundation, and you'll see the link to register for it. Um, and we're going to talk about addressing social determinants of health in rural communities um, and how that impacts our economic development. So this is not just for leaders. This is for everybody. We're going to talk about mental health and law enforcement and that interaction. We're going to talk about health equity and what health equity means, so meaning that you have the same access to care and resources that um, the person that lives on the other side of town does, that you have the same access to doctors, and that we are looking at health um, as the same statewide, making sure that everybody has those same resources. Um, and then we're also doing some work around mental health. Um, and especially during this time of COVID, it's hard because people are um, isolated. You're not doing your regular thing. You're not seeing the people that you normally see. It's really impacting people's mental health. It's really impacting how you're able to um, cope with what's going on because this isn't normal. This is not normal for anybody. This is not there's nobody that can tell us how to get through this because it's been over 100 years since there's been a pandemic in the United States, There's and things are so different now. Um, the best thing that we can do is take all the precautions that we can, get on the phone and talk to folks, um, FaceTime with them, Zoom with them, participate on calls like this where you can have some interaction and some engagement. Um, but that's one of the things that we're also going to be working on in the next year. Um, so that was just a few things. I just wanted to share with you guys about um, kind of where we're at right now, what we're waiting on as far as moving into Phase 3 and the steps that you guys can take to help us to get there. Um, if there's any questions, I can take those now. Thank you, Tracy. If you have a question for Ms. Tracy, you need to dial star six to unmute yourself. Okay, I will quickly unmute us all. Give me one second. Good morning. Good morning, Ms. Cynthia. You have a question or comment? Yeah. Um, good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? And it's good to hear everyone is safe, doing safe, I hope. Is that Opelousas.com you said? It's Opelousas General, all spelled out, .com. And if you look under Foundation, you'll see all of the different links to all of our programs. Opelousas General? Yes. .com. Okay. Okay. That I didn't really get all that. That's what I wanted to know. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Miss Cynthia. All right, and Shonda. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Um, the lady did not get in touch with me last week when I asked the question. I never heard from Miss Daughty yet. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you followed up with me. I will uh, sent her a reminder text that was Miss uh, 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 Dodie, I think. Um, Dodie Lamar. Yeah, Miss Dodie. Yeah, Miss Dodie. 
I'll okay. send her another text. I did, I did make sure that I text her, and there was another uh, lady, Deborah Fontenot, uh, but somebody else was supposed to contact her. So I'll follow up with both of you. Well, I know that you, and I'll follow up with the other lady, and I will resend the text message. And actually, what I'll do is I'll ask somebody else to contact you. Ms. Doty probably isn't the best person being the CEO of something so big as what she's over. She might not be the best person to answer that question. So let me get somebody else to contact you. But if you don't hear from somebody by Friday, Ms. Cynthia, reach back out to me. But thank you for letting me uh, know. And I will forward, I'll get your information to somebody who can get you some answers to your questions. Okay, my darling. Thank you. Thank and you. Dr. Brooks, uh, Samantha Joseph will probably be able to answer anything, um, any of those types of questions too. She, she'll be a okay. lot easier to get in touch with. Okay, I think I think Miss Miss um, Miss Cynthia's question was specific, specifically related to Southwest Primary and the services that they provide or no longer provide, or the providers that they accept. Which is why we had originally asked Miss uh, Doty to follow up with her. Uh, but if you think that Miss Samantha can address those questions, that's who I'll I'll get in contact with Samantha. So thank you. Yes, and this is Samantha. Um, Dr. Oh, you can give her my cell because I'm working from okay. home after losing my mom and my grandmother. I'm still working from home. Oh, I didn't know. I'm so sorry, and thank you for joining us. And you're always on the call, but today I have – so if you knew how many devices I'm working, so I normally see your name, but I'm not even able to look at that. So thank you, Ms. Samantha. Cynthia, I will text you Ms. Samantha's number, and then she'll be able to address those questions. Thank you, Samantha, and thank you, Tracy. Thank you. I would have thought about that. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Are there any other questions? Hello? Yes. Hello. Hi. I was just calling to ask if the applications came out yet on the phone. Yes, ma'am. They they came out um, last week, and vouchers were put in the mail on Saturday. Okay, because I didn't get the application on my phone. Is this miss uh is this phone number ending in one one three zero? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I will make sure to resend that to you today. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Are there any other questions? Okay, what I'm going to do is I am going to turn mute off because I know every once in a while we'll have someone who's trying to ask a question and then later on they'll say, I couldn't you get off of mute. So I'm going to turn, please, once again, be mindful of your background because I'm about to turn mute off and we're going to hear if you're arguing with your husband or you're fussing with your boss. We heard that a couple of weeks ago somebody was arguing about how much money they were making. So be mindful of your background. I'm going to give you a few seconds to get that together. Jesus. And then I'm going to turn mute off. Unmute conference. Ooh. Are there any questions for Tracy? Uh, good morning, Shonda. Good morning. How are you doing, Miss Selena? I'm fine. I don't have a question for her, but I would just like to say thank y'all. For a wealth of information, a lot of this was unknown to me. 
So thank y'all, and I'll be able to pass this on to my church members and to other persons that I know are not aware of these services. So thank well, y'all very much. Thank no, you very no. much, I appreciate it. Are there any other questions? Are there any other questions I can normally catch? Ah, there we go. I can catch those loud ones. There we go. Uh, can I get you? Can I catch you? I can't. Okay, so if there are no other questions, I'm going to mute us all. I'm going to mute conference. Hopefully, I did not mute myself like I did last time. Okay. I want to thank Tracy, Auntie, and Opelousas General Hospital uh, Health Systems Foundation for joining us on the call. I want to thank them for being great community partners. I want to thank them for putting people over profits. I want to thank them for their guidance during this pandemic. I do not watch the news. So I depend heavily on Tracy's call to bring me the information that I need for St. Landry Parish. And then I depend on Dr. John Campbell to bring me my COVID information. But I do not watch the news because it just, Tracy was talking about your mental health. That is just too much of a strain and a stress on me uh, to watch the news and to see Americans being so irresponsible, like in Sturgis or here in Louisiana this weekend, we had uh, the mud fest up in Colfax. Um, I haven't seen the reports. I saw the traffic coming back on Sunday. So you can imagine that in two weeks, and Tracy can attest to this, in two weeks we're going to see a spike. But that's going to put us right around Labor Day, and those asymptomatic people are going to be traveling for Labor Day. So in two weeks, right around Labor Day, we're going to see a spike thanks to Mudfest. And then two weeks after Labor Day, we'll see another spike because of asymptomatic people who are doing a lot of traveling. So please, 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 Tracy gave us some great advice, and she told us why it's so important. I've said it more than once. You must keep your droplets. We wear our masks for each other. Yesterday I was extreme. Tracy, you unmuted. Did you have something that you wanted to add? I said thank you, and then I never gave her a chance to say you're welcome. I said thank you and ran right over her. Nope, I just wanted to say you're welcome, and um, thank you for everything that you're doing. If um, you need any other information from me for your calls, you know you can always ask me. But um, you are 100% correct about everything that you're saying. Um, with uh, I did not even know there was a mud fest, that they had mud fest still in Carfax, so my, my mind is kind of blown right now. But that, that's what I mean by those events or um, different things that happen that cause us to see these surges in different parts of the state. So um, the easiest way for me to say it, and, I, and I'm sure that's what you're getting to, is the best thing you can do is just stay home. And that's, that's yes, really ma'am. all I got. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm about to tell, and Tracy unfortunately needs to get back to one of her 17 mini hats that she wears, so I'll understand that if she leaves us. I want to tell you a story to scare you because at this point, I don't know what it's been five months in. We're at 150,000 deaths, people who have died either from COVID or with COVID, 150,000 deaths on top of the normal projected deaths. I'm tired of people saying, well, people die anyway. Correct. 
we account for those debts. We know every year we're going to lose people. Death is the only constant. We, they actually project how many deaths they expect per year by looking at the five-year average. We are 150,000 on top of the five-year average for deaths at this time. So let me tell you a story that happened to me yesterday. Yesterday, uh, they, were, they had a sale. I went to the sale. I walked in the store. I picked up my sale items, uh, and I came home. On my way home, I noticed that at my neighbor's house down the road, uh, first and foremost, she moved in her elderly father and mother. They moved in next door. Well, for a couple of weeks now, I've seen an ambulance there. So I was really concerned with the health of the elderly uh, mother and father. So I saw the family was outside in the yard, and I was in my vehicle, and I stopped, and I asked, I, you know, I, I said, I saw the ambulance. I hope everything has been all right. She said, yeah, my mom is on hospice and everything, um, and that was just them. She had been in the hospital. Then the lady proceeds to walk closer to my vehicle and tell me that her entire family had COVID. Then she proceeds to walk even closer to my vehicle. Now, she's on the passenger side and I'm driving, but I asked her to stop. And then I asked her to back up. And my husband was on Bluetooth, and he said later on when we got home, he said, you were being rude. No, I was not. I was I have standards, and I was exercising my standards. She was close enough to the vehicle that she touched my passenger side rearview mirror. Now she said, oh, well, we've been tested, and we're all negative. But she still had symptoms. She coughed and sneezed while she was at the vehicle. Now she turned her head, and she coughed into the crook and sneezed into the crook of her arm the way that she was supposed to. But she still had symptoms, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing. If you listen to the experts, they do not tell you to quarantine until you have a negative test. They tell you to quarantine until you no longer display symptoms. Then my neighbor went on to further invite me in, which, of course, I passed up. And then she told me that she would be traveling this weekend, even though she was still displaying symptoms. This type of irresponsible behavior is the reason why that Louisiana, as of last week, was leading the world, or at least the United States, in deaths per capita from COVID. She did not see anything wrong with getting within four feet of me. Littman, let me tell you, it took nothing but the power of God to keep me from rolling up my window and driving off on her, but I did not want to be rude, that rude, but I did make her back up six feet from me. When I got home, I ha- I'm about to tell you all something that I've never told anybody. When I got home, I was, I was wearing a wig. When I go to the store, I normally wear, you know, I normally wear my, my natural hair, but I was dressed up. When I got home, before I walked in the house, I threw my wig in the trash. That synthetic hair, it holds bacteria and germs. I threw it in the trash outside. I left my shoes outside. I went and I put my clothes in the washing machine, my same routine, and then I scrubbed myself from head to toe. Of the four people in our house that had it, two people were asymptomatic. That means they did not have symptoms. And then two people got really ill. 
and needed to go to the hospital. That was very sobering for me. Me just stopping to check on my neighbor put me in harm's way. But because I advocate for myself, I was able to keep myself at a safe distance. No thanks to her. I have no problem saying that whatsoever. No thanks to her. She would have gladly came right in my passenger window and continued a conversation. But I had to advocate for myself. And at this point in the game, five months in, 4 million infected, 150,000 dead, folks that you know now. And she asked me, do you know people who have COVID? I think based on conversations that we've had in the past, I think she was probably one of those people who thought it was a hoax, who didn't believe it, who thought it was the flu. Because she asked me, well, do you know people who've had COVID? I told her, I know people who died from COVID to be very sobering. So I should share this story with you because you never know. Wear your mask and make sure that you're around people who don't wear, who do wear their mask. Please, when we go shopping, I am past tired of seeing the entire family in the store. We are contributing to community spread. Right now, I think 97% of the virus is spread by community spread. That means it's people who are out and about who are just out there generally socializing and shopping. And for some reason, parents are using the grocery store as a park. They are not monitoring their children. Children are running right up to my leg. Um, well, that was way back in March. Now I don't go in the store. I went yesterday to pick up those uh, coloring books that were marked down because I needed that for my program. I haven't been in Walmart since April, and I will not be returning to Walmart. I don't care what they got on sale. I am, but when I do go, and you know I go to, I go to Costco once a week, one person, one cart. I do not bring my family in. The, Costco is the only store that I physically shop inside of because Costco, everyone must wear a mask. The whole time you're shopping, none of that sliding it under your nose or, or taking it off once you get away from the counter. All of the cashiers are wearing masks, and everyone is six feet apart because it's a huge store. We want to support local businesses because we, want, we don't want our economy to collapse. America is a $1 billion a year economy, but we cannot put profits over people. But we do still want to have a healthy economy. Our neighbor needs to eat. And if that means that he can't eat because I'm not leaving my home, there are other ways to support the economy. You have to find unique ways, like purchasing gift certificates that you will use later. Getting to-go orders, whether it's food or it's other items. You can do online and phone-in orders and do curbside pickup. At my pharmacy, Carl's Thrifty Way, and I'm going to brag about Carl because I love Carl and Miss Elizabeth, you can call in what you need, and when you get outside, you can call and they will bring it to your vehicle. And I make them put it in the back of the truck, and that's where it stays till I get home and I can sanitize it. Dr. Brooks, are you really taking the virus that seriously? You best believe I am. Because 
Miss Brooks, Dr. Brooks, is obese. The great thing is that I don't have any of those other health factors. But I'm a big girl, and I don't want to be short of breath. But more importantly, my husband has high blood pressure. He has diabetes. My father has heart issues and respiratory issues, and I have small children here. We don't know the long-term effects of COVID and what that does on the body. So I am doing my best, first and foremost, not to get it and not to spread it to anyone. So I make sure that I always wear my mask, that I'm religious to hand washing, and whenever I can't hand wash, using sanitizer. I make sure that when I pump my gas, I wear rubber gloves, and I throw them. I put them on when I exit. I throw them away before I return in the vehicle, and I know the proper way to take the gloves off. The same thing with my mask. Don't bring the virus into your home. I now have outside clothes. I purchased six dresses from Shawana Johnson of Wild Child in Opelousa, supporting my local business. I ordered it on Facebook, paid for it on Cash App, PayPal, and she brought it outside and put it in my vehicle. Those are my outside dresses. I only wear them when I go to the store. When I come home, I take my shoes off in my um, what I call the dirty area right there inside the door, and I go immediately and take the dresses and I put them in the washing machine. I also limit the items that I'm carrying in the store. So a lot of times people can't reach us by phone because I don't bring my phone in the store. I just bring my debit card. And make sure that you wipe down your debit card and your phone as well. Hey, don't forget to complete the census. You must be counted. Right now, I did the census online, but a census taker still came to the door. Other than um, an exterminator, my exterminator and my water guy, I, she's the only person that I allowed in because that's how important the census is. And even though I had done it online, if she showed up over here, I figured that somewhere it didn't get the information wasn't recorded, so I gave the information again. Tracy talks about, that's important, completing the census, completing the census, completing the census. I cannot say that enough. Your, your, you know, our voting strength is determined by the census. Uh, how much money we get for our schools and our um, entitlement programs like food stamps and stuff, that is all based on the census data. So please make sure that you're completing the census data. Ms. Tracy talks about the resource directory on um, the General, uh, com and foundations, I will make sure to put a link on our Facebook page that will bring you back to Opposition General. Uh, Tracy was talking about that the call that I sit in on every week has been copied. 